0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Main Stage. I'm Patrick McCormack, joined by Ryan Ginio. Ryan, thank you for taking the time to talk. No problem. We have so much to talk about, including a double
1: championship for both men's and women's soccer, volleyball, finishing off the regular season, men's and women's basketball, kick-starting their seasons off, and then we finish off with bowling, and then, of course, three great interviews coming up. Looking forward to it.
0: Yes, we have the most valuable, most outstanding player of the men's tournament, Jonas Jacobson, the ECC Offensive player of the year on the woman's side, Lexi Verney, and we also have Colleen Mulder previewing a very exciting ECC volleyball tournament, which starts on Friday at Damon. So really action-packed week, great success from the Lions, and with regionals and more championships coming up, we hope that continues. We'll start, Ryan, with the men's soccer team. 1-1 draw, but advanced 7-6 on penalties against Stack after winning an exciting game against UDC in penalties. Great game for the Lions. Started early with the goal from Danny Muir. After Stack tied it, the defense was resilient, held them off the line. A little hour or so, rain delay, then the Lions came out. I thought they were the better team after the restart, and they got the job done in a very stressful but very exciting penalty kick shootout.
1: And going back to that semifinal game, I mean, you want to talk about resilience. How about two straight penalty shootouts to win your first ever or your first ECC championship since 2008, the second time ever winning it. And really an unsung hero in that semifinal matchup uh, to take that decisive kick was J.P. Rodriguez who hasn't played so much this season, but I talked to him after the game and, and he said he didn't really expect to take a penalty, but... He was ready when called upon by head coach Tyler Body, And, you know, the same can be said for Jonas Jacobson in that final, just, you know, cool, calm and collected from the spot. And uh, that's that's how you win these type of tight games in the ECC, especially come playoff time.
0: And then you go over to the final, get stacked, you get a chance right away on the set piece, Danny Muir with the touch in on the Oscar Magnetson header. And then it's kind of like, okay, we're gonna sit back and we're gonna wait 87 minutes to hopefully win this thing in regulation. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Stack tied, but like we mentioned, there's a weather delay. Muir created two more golden opportunities in the overtime session, and it went to penalty kicks, and, boy, was it exciting and really edge your nerve-wracking at the same time. It was 3-3, and then down 4-3 with the match on the line. Rodriguez scored two more times with the match on the line. Andy Blanco and Danel Cavillo scored. And then in the eighth round, Conclu with a huge stop, and Jonas Jacobson, who... You don't hear much about, but it's a very important member of that Lions back line came through and gave the Lions the title.
1: And I think it helped that they played Stack a week earlier at home on Senior Day in that one-all draw. You get the experience of playing what ended up being the top team in the ECC, and of course carrying that over into the championship game. I mean that's valuable experience. No Jonas is going to touch on that in the interview, but I think that that if they hadn't played Stack so late in the season, I think they would have possibly struggled against them in the final. So that certainly helped them uh, get the win. And and win the ECC.
0: so up next for the lions they had the charleston west virginia for the super region one first round game against number seven aic friday at 3 p.m winner goes on to play the host charleston sunday at 1 p.m and for the lions a 7-10 game anything can happen they're playing a local opponent in any 10 school they're familiar with any 10 schools and a really a chance to get a win in the first round if they stick to their keys i mean I don't think anyone's going to get upset where I say they don't play overly excited soccer, but they lock down in the box. They lock down their own defensive end and with Schlieper or Meyer or Muir or Magnussen or Garcia, anyone else, if they get their chances on a run or a set piece, they could put a couple in and you're really good shape with Jacobson, Villardi, Muir, Zambrano, and especially with Conclu and Met.
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, defensively, this team has been absolutely brilliant this season. You mentioned the back line, the heroics of Nick Honklu in and especially in penalty shootouts. And listen, we may see that again during the NCAA tournament. So if it gets you know to that point after 120 minutes, or excuse me, 110 minutes uh, of play, then you know the lines are ready for those type of situations based on this uh, ECC playoff experience. So you know this is a team that's again if they stick to their game plan. They can go pretty far in the tournament.
0: So Saturday, we had a big game up in Spark Hill at Stat. Then Sunday, we shipped gears, hosted the ECC final. And when when we spoke to Lexi, she touches on the importance of the women's soccer team going and supporting the men before their big game on Sunday. And it was a tight game. I mean, after Posh was really good, had the hat trick and the 5-0 win over Roberts in the semifinals, it was a tight soccer game. They were a person down, but in the end, When you look at the face of Molloy soccer for the last four years, it's Jackie Cardi, but it's also Dana Posh. And Posh played a ball. She got the touch and kicked in the net to give the Lions her second straight ECC title.
1: And all it took was really one mistake. I I had a feeling this type of game, you know, in tight defensive games that one mistake would make the difference. And that's exactly what happened. The the mercy goalkeeper came all the way off her line to try and beat Posh at long ball from Sarah Teppetto. Of course, as you mentioned, Posh got there first headed it up to herself, fired it into an empty net. But I, I do have to give credit to Mercy, though. Uh, defensively, they were absolutely tremendous. Their fullbacks really impressed uh, trying to neutralize you know the wingers and Lexi Verney and Joanna Grossin, and they tracked back incredibly well, putting some tremendous tackles. But equally as impressive was that Malloy back line led by Sabrina Bell, of course, wins the most outstanding player of the tournament.
0: Bell was really good. Peto was really good. Joanna Merceri was really good. Carly Fonseca was really good. Jackie Cardi only had to make one save. And that back line is really good. But if you want to go back to that game on October 16th against Mercy, I believe you were there, Ryan. You look at that game and it came down to something similar. You go down there and a ball is misplayed in the corner. And Lexi Verney played in mishandled ball. She shot and scored. That happened within the 90 minutes. But you look at the game against the final against mercy same play misplay ball lines made the most of the opportunity if you don't understand soccer you would think the game was really boring the game was played from at the malloy field blue line the blue line which is basically all in midfield but the lions defense mercy defense both really good and the lions found their way through the experience to get the job done
1: as you mentioned you know there
0: there wasn't
1: i think there was only like one, the first shot of the second half came like 25 minutes in or something like that. So maybe, you know, uh, from, a, from a casual fan, it wasn't the most exciting game. But if you really watched for the 90 minutes, especially from the crowd itself, you know, the Mercy supporters were there. Of course, you had uh, quite a few Malloy teams there, including men's soccer, you know, uh, giving back the support. So it was really an electric atmosphere. And we'll be expecting that as well uh, this upcoming week. Of course, for the first time ever, the Lions are hosting NCAA East Regional Games. They're the number two seed in the region. so. Thursday they'll take on number seven Bridgeport and the winner will take on either number three Southern New Hampshire or they get
0: a re a re rematch with number six Mercy on Saturday. It's gonna be great soccer at Johnny Darcy Field and going into that the Lions have to be pretty confident. You have to play every game like it's a separate day, but they're three and zero against the field, have a two nothing win against Bridgeport in the regular season, two one nil victories against Mercy. So for the Lions. They take care of business. They could get their shot at redemption, which Lexi also mentioned, where maybe that's meeting top seed at St. Rose again for a chance to play for the regional final. But that's us getting really ahead of ourselves. We you have to focus on this weekend. There are four really good soccer teams coming to Rockville Center. And it's going to be very exciting to have two great matches on Thursday and a great match on Saturday.
1: Certainly looking forward to that, but now moving over to the court for volleyball, where they finish off the regular season, went one and one this past week with a four set loss against Mercy, but they closed out strong on senior day with a three set sweep against Queens. The first two sets were pretty tight, only winning by two and four points, but they pulled away in the third set, winning that one by nine points. And once again, Graciela Cruz is just playing out of her mind right now. Once again, leading the team, in kills with 13. Colleen Mulder, of course, we'll hear from her later on the show. Ten kills, for blocks. So really a strong end to the season. They get into that fourth spot for the ECC playoffs.
0: Again, that fourth spot, and you kind of talk, we spoke to Brian Smith. We spoke to a numerous a number of players, whether it be after matches or on this Main State P- podcast. And they're really building up for this moment. They played a tough schedule in the beginning, kind of found their groove and then played another tough stretch, but they found their groove again at Damon. They're playing their, Damon for a third time. Let's see what they learned from the first two matches. And let's see how much his team has grown from the first two matches. Really impressive talking to Colleen, which, who I spoke to with Robert Goldberg, where She had to take the spot of Casey Affronti and just their relationship and how Casey encouraged her and is keeping on helping her grow on the court. For his team, some of them got the taste of winning a regional final, but some of them did it. They all have a new role this year, and we'll see how long this journey has gone on. But great experience for the Lions, and as we mentioned so many times, they've been resilient, so anything can happen when you're in a single elimination tournament.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a big mountain to climb against Damon, you know, unbeaten in conference play. They've only dropped one total set against ECC teams. Last seven matches has ended in 3-0 sweep, so everything's going Damon's way, but again, with the resiliency of this team, as you mentioned, you never know come playoff time.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be very exciting. We're going to shift to men's basketball, which is a tough start for the men, but these any 10 ECC challenges or whatever you want to call them, it's a good test to see where you are. Started the weekend, they lost two two possession games. So they lost to the pace 73-67, lost to Adelphi 80-75, two normally good opponents in any 10. And if you lose a couple two possession games, you're right there. You just have to have things come together. But the first weekend of the year is a perfect time to see what you have so you have to get better and adjust from there.
1: As I said last week, again, there's there's no shame in losing you know these early games, and again, it's something to learn upon and just rewatch the film back and 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 see uh, what went wrong really, and try to build upon that. And in the pace game, for example, really the big downfall, they were heavily out-rebounded by the setters, uh, forty-seven to thirty-one. They're outscoring the paint by twelve points. I know that Moyes and the tallest team, of course, uh, in in the region, but uh, just looking to maybe just. You know, try to improve in the paint there. You know, and, and in the Adelphi game as well, they were outscored 17-8 off, fa- off fast breaks. They were outscored again in the paint. But uh, really the, the key player so far that's really impressed is William Muller. He's led the Lions with 23 points against Pace, and then he put up the first double-double this season against Adelphi, 14 points and 11 boards.
0: Other people to learn from, Darren Fergus had his freshman campaign in a weird COVID year, had 20 points against, against Adelphi. Frankie Fallon, who is a very good interview here on the main stage, had 14 points against Delphi. And then Kendall Ogilvy in his first few minutes with the Lions had 13 points. So the team's growing. There's a lot of bright spots from the opening weekend, and they have a test against New Haven in their home opener on Wednesday, which will be today. So we'll see how they've learned from the opening weekend.
1: We'll see indeed now going over to the women's side where they went one and one this past week to kick off the season as part of the East region conference challenge that was in Queens and they started off really strong a very impressive 66 51 win against chestnut Hill, and really they were in control for most of the match. they led after every single quarter Gabriella Espuru playing lights out to start off the season 17 points for her. Uh, and the big key to success really that game was they not only drew more shooting fouls, but they found success from the free throw line. They went 15 of 18. And, you know, you say this really in every game, and including close games, you got to hit your shots from the charity stripe in order to find success, especially in college hoops.
0: When I was a freshman in college, I went to Norfolk state with St. Francis. And I, the one thing I remember was every time the team went to the line, the pet band behind the basket said free throws, win ball games. And it's very important. And also very impressive in that opening night win was Maya Thomas to transfer 15 points. Trinity Hudson in her first full season had 13 points. And then the next day they came up and played a very good Jefferson team. Jefferson is always a top team in the CACC coached very well by Tom Shirley and the Lions didn't have their best effort, but had a really strong fourth quarter outscoring the Rams 25 to six. The, Still lose by 13, but again, you look at the points, a sprue a Spru- a leader with 19 points, and Trinity Hudson, 14 points and seven rebounds.
1: And they want to take that momentum, of course, from that really an excellent fourth quarter. Yeah, they were down by like 32 points heading into it, but cutting it down to you know uh, less than a 20-point loss is, is really impressive. But they want to continue that, and what a tough matchup they have uh, tonight at the time of this recording. Traveling 10 minutes down the road to a D1 school in Hofstra University. So that should be an exciting match. And again, the key player to watch is Kayla Brown for the pride. And then Friday, they're playing at Holy Family. So again, looking to continue the momentum from what's been a solid start to the season.
0: Yeah, and it's always good. You want to test yourself against these D1 teams. You want to see what you have. And in the early season, really, really good growing points for both teams because the men play Hofstra next week, the women play Hofstra tonight, like you mentioned. The non conference schedule. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, because it does matter for your at-large bids. It's a really good time to test yourself against the top teams in the country and see where your team's at. And if you talk to Joe Pelican, he will tell you he prides himself on playing the toughest non-conference opponents ever because it sees where his team's at. And if you get your wins, it helps you down the road. Going over to the bowling front, they had their first meet until they play at Wagner on January 22nd. They went four and five to finish ninth place at the Falcon Invitational. They had a pinfall of 8,132, averaging 162.6 per match. And it's just one of these where they're getting into the swing of things. They played some teams. They got four wins. And then the other ones, as we spoke to with Goldeer, they're just going to work on their game. And you really just want to peak when it's important most, which is ECCs and anything after that. So it's just getting the game in the swing, and they're going to build towards that.
1: Exactly. And as you mentioned, they have
0: plenty
1: of time to work things out. Again, they don't play until late January. So, you know, they just, they just keep working hard right now. Again, maybe not the most successful of times, you know, at, at the Falcon Fall Classic. But, again, the ECCs were really matters, and they'll look to, to stay
0: strong in that a couple months from now. So taking back, I may be taking this phrase about six weeks too early, but it is most definitely the most wonderful time of the year. Two soccer regionals, volleyball playoffs, college basketball, in full swing. It doesn't get better than that. We hope you enjoy the interviews with Jonas, Colleen, and Lexi, and we'll see you on the other side of the interviews. We're now joined by the most outstanding player of the ECC Men's Soccer Tournament, Jonas Jacobson. Jonas, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. It's uh, it's my pleasure to, to be here. So you guys won the ECC in dramatic fashion. You had the golden kick mm-hmm. against Stack in penalties. Take me through that moment. Well, you know,
2: obviously you you, you start to think about the moment that, that you know, you're going to win a championship uh, if you score. Um, but honestly, you can't let that get to your head. Uh, what you got to do is you got to, Focus on executing and, 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 and doing what you got to do. Uh, so my thoughts going into that uh, penalty was just strike the ball purely with, with malaysis and, um, you know, go for the middle of the goal, which I usually do. And it worked out. So, you know, but yeah, mentally it's, it can mess you up. Yeah, I was going to say because, you know, this
1: is in both in the semifinal and the final, you guys had to go through just a long and grueling uh, penalty shootouts. What does that do kind of emotionally uh, for you guys?
2: Well, you know, it's exhausting. Um, You know, UDC as well, it was tough uh, emotionally, you know, ups and downs throughout the game, tough game, both games um, and stack, you know, we play away on a field that's really, really small compared to, you know, our field. So you know it's it's mentally tough going through those games, and and you just got to be strong. And luckily, we have a really really strong group mentally that's that's always backing you up, and 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 are are there for you if, you, if you're struggling, if you missed a penalty or whatever. So we're lucky that we got a great group group of guys, great great coaches. I mean, Coach Ty is uh, unbelievable at you know making sure that we 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 prepared and stuff like that. So yeah.
0: You look at that game. You guys play 80 minutes or so, get into a little bit of a weather delay for an hour, then have to come back, get reuse right. again, and play the remaining 10:53 in the two overtimes. What's that like as a student athlete mentally, where you're in a groove and everything stops for an hour, and you have to get rewarm and re-into it?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's really annoying. Uh, it's it's the worst, uh, and personally, like that could happen. That weather delay, 10 minutes left. Uh, so, you know, we 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 just got to stay put and, and and stay ready. As you know, as I said, Ty, Coach Ty, and Coach uh, Adam and and Biggie's, you know, have been really good at keeping us calm and and staying in the game and in the the thoughts of the game. So, as soon as that weather delay was announced, uh, you know, Ty and the coaches kept us calm and you know kept us into the game, helped us focus on 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 what we we're going to do when we got out. And I felt like when we, once we got back on the field again, we were the, the team that was ready to play. And it shows in the, in the result, in my opinion.
1: Now, you guys played stack the week prior uh, in that one-all draw on senior day. What um, type of advantages did that give you guys to play them a week prior and kind of know their style heading into
2: such a big game? Ah, uh, it was huge, huge. Um, you know, you don't have to go as deep into the film again you can kind of go over the same film as we did last time, and at the same time, we have the experience of playing them. You get to know their their players, and and we knew eighteen was going to be dangerous. Uh, number thirteen, which didn't really play, their number thirteen, which didn't really play against us uh, because he had two yellows, I thought, or was on the limit of the yellow. Um, didn't play against us in the in the final uh, of the regular season, but um, we knew he was going to be good. We knew a bunch of their players were were, were going to be good so um, playing as them really 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 helped us prepare for the game and uh, the only thing that was different I guess was their field playing away against them they got a tricky field really small and narrow so yeah yeah but it helped a lot helped a lot
0: you look at your core in the back whether it be you Danny Gennaro what's the chemistry you guys have in front of Nick to shut teams down because if you look at your play all season you guys don't concede a lot of goals
2: no yeah I mean our our chemistry is, is is great at the back. One of the better back fours in terms of chemistry-wise and, and skill-wise I've ever played with. And I think, you know, it comes down to experience. A lot of experience. We got Orlando, great, great player. Played a few seasons of college soccer now, and he's he's really he's our captain as well. He's 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 mature in his playing style. Unbelievable player. Gennaro's, you know. Finally got a ring in his sixth season, I think it is. I mean he's he's play he's been around playing soccer for I don't know how many years, you know. Experienced, great, great player. Danny, you know, got some season in him seasons in him. He's a great player, scored an unbelievable goal uh, in the opening minutes against Stack. And the chemistry is just there. The communication is just there. Conclue at the back as well, screaming every game. I'm sure you've heard him. Uh, you know. He's he's always got some words, uh, but which is great, you know. Um, the chemistry is unbelievable at the back, and as you said, the, the clean sheets have been showing that. I mean, the only goals, the main, the main style of goals we've been conceding has been set pieces, and in open play, we've barely conceded anything, which shows how, how good our back four's been. So yeah, unbelievable chemistry.
1: So you talk about chemistry, and I think you've already developed that, you know, with three other players that you played with at Hofstra in, you know, Genero Velarde, Peter Meyer, and uh, yeah. Jesse Sleeper. Just how much did that help having that experience with those guys back at Hofstra and kind of translate over to your time
2: at Beloit? Yeah, I mean, that was, as you said, we played together at Hofstra, and um, they ha- it helped a lot. It helped a lot to adjust to a new group. I mean, you obviously obviously knew Peter uh, Jesse and and and, Gennaro, uh, and you know we played for a season together at Hofstra which helped a lot tremendously and us getting going and and getting to know the group of Malloy as well you know and I guess you could say the our chemistry kind of helped uh, the team moving forward as well throughout the season we, we we stick together and eventually as a whole group and a whole unit the chemistry kind of spread out and now we're all as a unit, as a a team, we're all on the same page, which is, which which shows, I mean, we won the championship. Yeah, for me personally, it really, really, really helped a lot with having Gennaro and uh, Petey and and Jesse coming with me over.
0: You guys are playing in the NCAA regional, super regional, not sure who you guys are playing yet. So recording this on Monday before the selection show. What do you guys Mm -hmm. look forward to most in the tournament?
2: Man, I don't know. I see. I've I've never played an NCAA tournament. That was my biggest dream: going to the to America to play in the NCAA tournament. Finally, gonna do it. I I, I honestly don't know. I hope we can go. We're most likely gonna go away. So I hope we're gonna go on. Uh, hopefully, a few trips. Uh, if not, going the whole way. Um, but I, I'd like to see. I'd like to see some some some. Places where I haven't been, for example. Um, I think that would be really cool and, and play at some cool arenas or some cool fields against some teams that we usually don't play against, against some good teams and hopefully upset some of them. That's what I'm looking most forward to. And what do you think the key for you guys
1: is to really go far in this tournament? I know it's going to be a daunting task, but what's kind of the main thing that's going to drive this
2: team forward to success? Stick to our game <laughs> plan. We're done all year. We and preparing for every, each and every game. Coach Ty has worked relentlessly. He's been unbelievable, uh, staying up all nights, working on film, preparing everyone. I mean, you know, he's he's been ridiculous, and uh, I think that's that's instrumental to to us going far into the tournament, uh, sticking to our game plan, um, and 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 listening to to Coach Ty and and uh, and the assistant coaches. Um, I think that's going to be key.
0: Tell us a little bit of your journey here to Rockville Center. It started in Norway, then ended up a few miles down the road at Hofstra. How do you end up becoming at Malloy and how is it adjusting to playing with the Lions?
2: Yeah, no, yeah. As you said, I'm from Norway, so I uh, came quite a far away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I decided to um, come over here to, to try to play college soccer. Cause I, I thought it, it seemed like a, an unbelievable experience. And it's been as well so far. And I came to Hofstra my freshman year, uh, and I played, I believe it was two games, and I didn't get to play as much as I wanted to. And uh, we decided to part ways uh, after my freshman year. And I met Ty, um, and uh, and yeah, it was it was it was you know we got a good tone, and um, you know we were on the same page. And uh, I decided to come to Malloy because of that. I mean, I was intrigued by his his he was a new coach. Got a young team, but you know they had a great season in 2019, I believe it was, uh, where they won. Uh, I think, well, did they set a new record for wins? Yes, I think it was 12, 12 wins, yes. right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: new record, 12 wins in the ECC. Uh, lost in the semi-final against Mercy, right? Which, um, but but you know, it, it intrigued me. It looked like it was a team that uh, had the potential to to win a championship and go go into the NCAA tournament, and which is ultimately what I I wanted. So, I managed to you know, convinced me to come over to Rockwell Centre and uh, to Malloy and I I, I looked at the school and it it looked great. So that's how I decided to come over and, you know, the rest is history. Now we're in the record books and won the championship. So it's been unbelievable, man. It's been been great meeting all the guys and and you guys as well. It's been great. Um, The atmosphere at Malloy has been unbelievable so far. So uh, hopefully we can keep it up.
1: And what are some of the kind of the stylistic differences that you've noticed between Norwegian soccer and soccer here in the States?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, first time I got over here, you know, Hofstra, it's um it was it was a shock. Um, this, this, the plays itself is a lot quicker. I mean, the, the, the pace of the game is a lot faster. It's almost, I would say, it's almost to some degree it's too fast in terms of the skill of some of the players. But but I mean it's it was a shock for me. It was so fast, physical, uh, you know, athletic. There's so many great athletes over here, you know. So you you, you really really got to be physically and mentally prepared to, to you know, once you, once you get in the game, you're gonna have someone go at you, and uh, and it's not gonna happen only once or twice. It's gonna happen the whole game. So you got to be mentally tough, uh, prepared, and um, got to adjust to it. Uh, and I think I've finally adjusted adjusted to it uh it's 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 it can be a bit hectic at times especially when you play in the final and you score early for example as we did against stack and you got them just energized going at you for 90 minutes it's it's tough but you know you gotta stay the course and and yeah that's the difference at home is a lot more relaxed kind of you know a bit more on the ball relaxed and you know it's a different style but I enjoy both both ways so it's been great
0: People watching the game when you're giving your interview after it, you spoke a lot about Tyler, Nick, and Adam. But you also spoke about Michael Dombo, who unfortunately couldn't be at the right. game, who's at work. What does his coaching stuff meant to you, and how important yeah. do you feel mm-hmm. it was to mention all the coaches in your interview?
2: Oh, it was the most important thing. I mean, and not only the coaches, I mean uh, the personal trainers as well, Jimmy and and, and Adam, which been with us, who's been with us this year been great but yeah the coaches man the, the, they're the glue glue that keeps this team together and uh, without them we we obviously couldn't have done this at all um and and uh, i felt like i had to mention dombo in the interview because i felt bad for him i know how much he he loves this group of guys and how much he care for us cares for us and how much effort he puts he's put into this program and um you know i felt like i had to mention him because he's been on duty obviously Uh, As a firefighter, so um, but yeah, Coach Ty and Biglin and 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 Adam been unbelievable this year, Um, and uh, yeah, couldn't can speak higher of them.
0: Jonas, we want to thank you for taking the time. We look forward to you guys making some noise in the big dance, and uh, we'll see you around campus. Yeah, thank you guys, appreciate it. We're now joined by two thousand twenty-one East Coast Conference Player of the Year Lexi Verney for the women's soccer team. Lexi, thank you so much for coming on the main stage. Of course. So, you mentioned offensive player of the year. Just talk about your season in general.
3: Um, My season in general, I mean, I've done a lot to come to this point in my career, Um, you know, dealing with different injuries along the way. So, it's a big step for me uh, personally. Uh, With the team, we kind of, it's something we expected uh, for me and Dana to kind of progress to this point to be able to work together and to produce the way we have, you know, her and I being two of the leading in the ECC it just it, it was a matter of time to get to this point so personally I'm, I'm pleased with myself but I'm still pushing for more to do more and to keep producing and, and being an asset to this team
1: so you guys won the ECC for the second straight time what stands out from this season apart from the 2019 season you guys had
3: so with this season, it was completely different from the 2019 season. The 2019 season, we were coming from the underdogs. Nobody really expected us to win, be in the fourth seed. And now times have changed. Uh, we missed the season, obviously, in 2020 because of COVID. But coming into now this season, it was a lot of, of changes from different teams, a lot of change in just our team in general. And we were now being predicted to be good and we kind of had this target on our back where everyone wanted to beat the you know reigning champions and get in the way of that and it wasn't that we were the underdogs now it was that we were the the top dogs and we really needed to keep that title and work hard and the chemistry on the team was different obviously but we able we were able to manage it and and come together and really get it done.
0: Sunday's game was tight there wasn't much room for you and Dana how was it working on the offense where there's really not that much room on the field?
3: I mean Sunday was a struggle. It wasn't, it wasn't that uh, they had a, I mean, Mercy's got a tough defense. I mean, obviously with their defensive player of the year and, and me up against their uh, player that I've been up against numerous times in the past. It's, they know us and we know them. And it was a matter of once that second half came in, we kind of settled in a little more. We got our offense working. And um, that's when, you know, we were able to kind of get opportunities, but it was mainly putting them away and we just couldn't really do that until the very end of the game.
1: And you feel that home field advantage kind of uh, played a role. In that. Of course, you, know, you had the men's soccer team there, a couple other teams uh, with support. So that kind of play any role, give you guys a little bit of a boost?
3: As much as it, it tried to give us a boost, the Mercy fans were pretty crazy. So I, I know a lot of us were were hearing um, a lot of taunting going on <laughs> and a lot of uh, trying to get into our heads. And, and we had to be mentally strong to kind of stay with it. And we did hear our fans and – at the end, it was nice hearing them kind of chant the other team away. So that was a, a nice thing to hear.
0: How does the mindset change with eight minutes or so left in the overtime? You guys get a player sent down. So you're playing 11 on 10 against Mercy for the second time this year. What does it say about your group just to push through the adversity to end it before it gets to PKs?
3: I mean, we are a team that fights to the very end. We're a physical team. We're a strong team. And we've gone over... Uh, situations like that numerous times at practice we're always doing 8v10s or 8v11s and we're kind of getting used to that whole you know if we are a man down it's kind of not that big of a deal we know how to play our game and we just got to stick to that um we had a lot of confidence because we had mentioned in in a previous uh meetings and stuff before we were playing mercy that we already played them with a man down so if you know it were to happen again with the whole referees then you know we would be able to manage that and we had confidence going into it. So when that did happen, we were able to persevere and really work for it. And we kind of knew we had to turn it on now to the next level to get it done.
1: And then when Dana finds the back of the net, you know, late in double overtime, what's really the initial feeling for you is, you know, like elation excitement, relief, you know.
3: I actually ended up celebrating so hard I couldn't breathe. It was like we got ran. It was like we had played 105 minutes of soccer. She puts it away off of the defensive mistake. And I mean, to see that ball get blasted in the back of the net by Dana was just unreal. It was like, finally, we did it again. It was like the same feelings of, oh my gosh, we had won the ECCs again, uh, came back to us. We all, I've, I've never sprinted that fast in my life to get to the circle to kind of celebrate with everybody. I had to actually take a break and step away for a second when we were in the middle of celebrating to kind of catch my breath. And I know a lot of us um, had those same emotions.
0: You look to this weekend, you're back at John A. Darcy Field for the NCAA East Regional quarterfinals and semifinals. Play Bridgeport Thursday, and also on the other side is Southern New Hampshire and Mercy again. What's it like playing a field on your home field and a teams that you're very familiar with, three and the four being in the ECC?
3: It's not that, I mean, we have confidence going into anything. We've really had the really, really positive mindset this season, kind of just having the mentality that we're going to go into everything and we have the capability to win it. We have the capability to go very far in this tournament. Now um, playing, you know, on our own field is obviously an advantage. It's more comfortable. We don't really have to travel anywhere, stay overnight. We could practice on our own field and we know what the field dimensions are like, what, what it's like playing on it, playing against Bridgeport in the first round uh, and hosting in general. It's it's we're familiar with it. And if odds are that mercy pulls through against Southern New Hampshire, that's another team we've already played. So, we have confidence in it. We know we can get the job done. We've done it in the past this season, and we just kind of are using that to our benefit right now and keeping the mindset that nothing is coming easy. We're going to have to fight for everything. You know, it's it's our season on the line, just like it is theirs. And we really got to, I guess, push through to get that done. And we can't let the familiar familiarity of everything kind of really stunt our growth on um, the NCAA tournament.
1: So, of course, you're part of a very high-octane attack this season, but defensively, you guys have been absolutely brilliant, of course, send the single-season record in shutouts. How nice is it for you to have you know a very secure back line as well as a, a superb goalkeeper in Jackie Cardi?
3: It's, it's definitely an advantage. Um, as a midfielder and outside midfielder, it's like you just kind of rocking with people that know how to play and, and you have confidence and faith in them. Uh, there's not many times that I'm very scared if someone goes on a breakaway with Jackie Cardi. I mean, I don't get nervous. I'm putting up only eight goals this season from other teams. It's really, I mean, that's insane. It's an insane statistic. It's crazy how many shutouts she lives for. And um, I mean, having that sort of support behind us is great. I mean, we love it. We, she always is striving to do the absolute most for us. Um, playing against her in practice, if our coach always tells us, if we could score against Jackie Cardi, we could score against anyone in the league. So, I mean, she's just keeping the, the standard extremely high for all of us and making us better players. And that's backed with our defense as well. Our, our defensive line is, I mean, same exact situation. You got Sabrina and Lindsay in the middle holding it down for us. And um, Sarah and I work well on the left together and then Carly on the right. Uh, we don't have much fear when it gets back to them. We know our defense is strong. Our coaches are so defensive minded and we're very, very smart around the back. So as an outside midfielder, having to get back very often, um, I don't worry too much. I, I feel like as an outside midfielder, one would, but I don't, I don't with the de- defense that we've had and the strong performance they continue to put on.
0: Just talk about, you mentioned the defense, but Sabrina Bell, her season being the most outstanding player and just what she brought to the team this year, she was in and out of the lineup to start the year, but came together really strong when it mattered.
3: Yeah, Sabrina, I mean, complete impact player always has been. Uh, we came in the same freshman group uh, together and, We've been. I've been able to see her uh, develop and grow, just as she has done the same for me. And playing with her and her being a staple of our back line for so long has been such uh, – she's been such a leader back there, especially with all the newcomers that have come in and out. And, I mean, her earning the whole uh, most outstanding player of the ECC championship completely deserved. Um, she ha- I was watching the game back last night, actually, us against Mercy in the final. And, I mean, just watching her take the ball up and just make – defenders look silly because she's driving up as this uh, center defender and uh, taking him on a run. It was great to see. It's uh, great playing with her. Um, and I'm, I'm just proud of her. I mean, she's dealt with injury in the beginning of the season and she was down on herself and to see her pick it back up and finish the season and continue to play at her, at her uh, peak performance is, is fun to see as a teammate.
1: They mentioned chemistry earlier, and I believe almost all of the players on this team are from Long Island. How much has that helped out uh, in terms of chemistry, especially this season?
3: So with chemistry and us all kind of being from the same area, knowing where one is from, never really going too far as far as when holidays come and when summer's going on. It's nice. It does help with chemistry. Definitely. We are we do do a summer league over the summer, and it's we're able to all play. It's like We're able to all be there and at different events throughout the summer to to kind of bond and get that chemistry going. We're never really too far away from one another, even when the offseason hits. So it's we always have that friendship. We always are constantly hanging out with each other. So it's nice. It definitely helps on the field. And that definitely – the friendships we've made over the years, it's definitely gone into what we do
0: on the field. You mentioned the friendships, and you and eight or nine other of the student athletes on your team went up to see the men play on Saturday. What was that experience like watching them play play and win a championship and then have the opportunity to do it the next day?
3: Those feelings were unreal to see uh, both soccer programs really just get built up to this point and finally get some attention on uh, the Lions. It's it's awesome. Uh, us going up there, the day was crazy. That, that Saturday was crazy. Uh, we literally had practice and our practice ended kind of early. We told our coach, all of us, we were like, we want to go up to the game. We're like, we want to hop in our cars right now and head up to the game. It was like 11.20. We got out of practice in the morning and their game started at 12. So we knew we'd be a little late, but we knew we could make it and get there and and be rowdy and bring the the fans, uh, the Malloy fan base there. So we literally, all of us hopped in our cars, hopped up there and um, we got there right before the uh, second half uh, started and we just brought the energy. We felt good being there because we knew that, they needed it to get, you know, to persevere and get through. And uh, we knew we could be a big difference for them. And it was good for us too, because we were kind of able to spend the day before a big game together and really just kind of, I guess, work with each other and just get uh, our energy up and ready and get hyped to do it the next day, win and represent Malloy in the best way we could.
1: Of course, now you guys are on to the NCAA regionals, as we mentioned earlier, up uh- What's gonna take really a number one key thing for this team to really go far uh, in, in the NCAA tournament?
3: A key thing is definitely to stick to our game. Uh, in the past, in 2019, we were a team that kind of, we would watch film, we would adjust to other teams. And now it's, we've gone to the point where people need to adjust to us. And our coaches stressed that this season is, we're not too worried about the other teams. We know we have the talent, we know we have the ability to beat other teams, to give them a good competition. So going into this NCAA tournament, we have to keep that same mindset. We have to stick to our game plan. We have to relax a little more on the ball. In Mercy on Sunday, we you know we were a little on edge. It was a big game, a lot of nerves. So we strayed away from our game for the first half. And then once the second half came, we were able to get in tune with it. And if we can continue to play the way we have with our offense and our defense all working together, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be pretty set, we'll be pretty good.
0: It could be a while away and a lot could happen, but how badly do you guys want to see St. Rose again in the regional final? <laughs>
3: We still have some bad blood definitely towards St. Rose, especially with the way 2019 had ended. All of us, I think we were saying yesterday at the bid show that we absolutely want to play St. Rose. I mean, we have confidence in ourselves. It's more of like a revenge. Uh, We want to get our redemption. Uh, We definitely thought that we were a better team in 2019, and now that we've progressed to this point and we've had, I guess, a better season record-wise this year, we just feel like we have the assets to definitely put them away this year and, and be that big upset. I mean, they're sitting pretty at the number one seed and they kind of are used to that sort of, I guess, I guess they're used to that sort of standings now and that's their uh, standards and we're kind of a new team on the scene as opposed to, you know, our 2019 season was the first time we've won ECCs, but now we've done it again. They've done the same similar things in the ne 10, but we think that we definitely have the, um, the ammunition we can take them on and and get it done this year in regionals.
1: Even before that, you guys could play mercy again. How, how much are you looking forward to possibly a round three against the Mavericks?
3: We, as much as we, we kind of want to put mercy away. We are are not opposed and not upset about if we play them again, because we've beaten them twice now. Um, We, we have to understand though, also that, we beat them in the ECC final. They're not happy with us. I mean, beating them in the regular season, okay, it's another game. But in the ECC final, that stings a little more. So we know that if we play them, they're definitely not going to be happy. It'll probably be a chippy game. And we have to be ready to bring it if that's the case. And I think all of us are more excited to do that because we feel that a one nothing tight game, we could have performed a lot better and it could have changed that outcome a little bit
0: more. Lexi, we want to thank you for taking the time. Sunday was really fun. We look forward to seeing you on Thursday in the ECC regional quarterfinal against Bridgeport and best of luck to you and the rest of the Lions.
3: Thank you so much.
0: We now welcome Malloy College sophomore on the volleyball team, Colleen Mulder. Colleen, thank you so much for coming on the main stage.
4: Thank you for having me, I'm excited.
0: So we'll start with this weekend, you guys go up to Damon to play in the playoffs. What's it like to be back in the ECC playoffs and playing for a chance at another championship?
4: We're really excited to have a chance at the ECC title again. Definitely a different look than we did in 2019 when we were able to host, but it's everybody's starting fresh once we get there, so we're really excited to have a, another shot this season.
5: And, uh, you uh, mentioned your 2019 run, a little bit of a different scenario like you mentioned. What can you take from that 2019 run two years later as you travel up to Buffalo?
4: Uh, I think in 2019 we fought for every single point. I think we haven't had that same amount of grit yet, seen in this season. So I think if we can bring that fire and bring that energy to this ECC tournament from that we had in the 2019 one, I think it will, we'll have a really good run.
0: You came up practicing and playing with such great players in Casey Affronti and Carly Banks and many others. What have you learned from them and what have you brought to your game this year that you learned from them?
4: I think from them, I just learned the the value of a hard work ethic and just working hard for every single point. Specifically Casey, um, it is unfortunate that we were supposed to have her this season, but she got hurt. She has been one of the greatest leaders that I've ever played with. Even being hurt, she used to lead by example and she had to figure out a different way to do that this season. And I tell her every day that I've gotten better because of her and the way that she helps me play the game. So just following in their footsteps in terms of their work ethic and playing for them is uh, kind of how they've had impact on me.
5: And what has Casey told you? you? Know she's been on the sideline, of course, with injury, and she's watching everything from a different perspective now. Has she been able to help you on the court when you know when you come off or like in, in the huddle? What has she been able to pass on to you to make you perform even better on the court?
4: Every time I come off of the court, Casey says something to me, whether it's good job or I need to hit the ball to the one instead of the five, or she always has something to say she's definitely been my number one supporter this season because I was kind of the one that had to step into her role. And it has, every time I step off the court, she has something to say in terms of either gameplay or just my attitude on the court. Um, So I've really tried to just take every word that she says and put it, put it on the court for her since she can't do
0: that herself. You look at the group this year, and you guys started against the number four team in the nation and played a really tough opening weekend here of exciting volleyball. But the team members were the same, but the roles were different. How was it adjusting to new roles against such good competition in the first few games of the year?
4: Uh, I think we all had to step up differently. I mean, personally, for me in 2019, I didn't really see the court that much. And then now I'm the starting middle, and I definitely had to take that into consideration. And now that it's my, my turn to be able to put out a product and put out something for in terms of the Molloy volleyball program. And even though we, I'm considered a sophomore, I'm one of the upperclassmen on the team. So I have stepped in a leadership role as well. So both of those things I've kind of had to figure out a balance for myself. And I know a lot of other people had to do that too. So I think we it took us a little while to find out how we were going to gel in terms of people stepping up into new roles. But I think throughout the season, we've been able to do that.
5: And coming off a uh, COVID year and then coming into a brand new season, you guys had a really tough schedule to begin the year. How much has this team grown from the first match now going into the ECC tournament?
4: The first season, the first weekend, we did have a very... A very tough weekend, you know, we went 0-4, which was kind of hard to do after our last season when we were at the national championship. So I think we have made so many different strides in the right direction since then. In terms of our actual gameplay, we've seen so many people improve, like Madison Wakeley, who has never played middle in her life is now playing middle and is starting as a middle for our team. So I think a lot of us have improved our skills on the court, Um, but as well as our our team culture has definitely changed. Um, We hold each other accountable in terms of working hard and we weren't really necessarily doing that. The first weekend you would watch people slack off and you wouldn't say anything to them about it, but in practices and in games, when somebody should have hit the ball 10 times harder than than they did, you, you tell your teammate that you were supposed to do something that you didn't do. And we respect each other. So it's really a, a different level of respect that has grown since the first weekend.
0: You had a new head coach come in a couple of weeks before the year head coach, Brian Smith, and just listening and talking to Brian, he's big on taking care of what you guys can control. You're the ball on your side of the net. What has Brian brought to the program?
4: Brian and the entire coaching staff has bought so much knowledge that, I don't necessarily know if all of us take advantage of it every single day because all, all three of our coaches have so much volleyball experience, whether it is as a player or a coach. So Brian specifically brings a lot of highlights to our mental game and that we need to stay engaged in every play. And not only after game should we be physically exhausted, but also also mentally exhausted. So I think he really emphasized that for us, that we've focused a lot more on being engaged in every single point, physically and mentally. So I think his highlight on that has definitely been huge for each of us individually. Um, But like I said, our our entire coaching staff has bought such amazing things to us that we really have been able to grow being under them. And it's amazing.
5: And you can always hear them in the huddle trying to keep you guys motivated and keep you guys in that mind frame uh, during the games. What's been the biggest impact, like you said, with Brian, but even from the assistant coaches as far as adjusting onto the court? Because you guys have had matches where maybe you've been down a set, but you've come back and won the next three and just that fight. Have they instilled like that fight mentality within the group?
4: I definitely think they have. Um, I think they're really big on just showing how much they care about us we say all the time that there's not a coaching staff out there that's doing as much preparation that they are. They watch film and they talk to us and each of us individually or as a team almost like 24/7. They their care for the team is really what kind of lights a fire for us that they give so much of themselves into this program and into each of us as individuals that you don't, you can't not go out there and perform what they're telling you to do because of the fire that they have.
0: You came from Kellenberg and Kellenberg historically good this year, won 16-0, and won the Nassau Suffolk Catholic Championship. What was it like coming to Malloy from Kellenberg and going from a high-level high school volleyball to a high level of college volleyball? And the second part of that question, was it like playing with a fellow Firebird Rebecca Meyer on your team?
4: Coming from Kellenberg, they were both very – Malloy and Kellenberg both high level for their uh, respected conferences and, and such. But I definitely think it was an adjustment. Um, at Kellenberg, I was the third of my family to play Kellenberg volleyball. My sister was a part of that championship team this season. And so we kind of have a legacy there. So I was never as challenged on my playing time or being on the court compared to when I came here when I came here. Obviously I was not playing at the beginning and I think I grew a lot more as a player here than I did at Kellenberg. But I think the Kellenberg team instilled the amount of work work ethic in me that I have been able to bring to this program. I think that they have been able to make me a leader that I am for this program as well. So I think a lot of the turn the things off the court and being kind of someone as a motivator came from Kellenberg, but my skill set for volleyball definitely grew a lot more being at Malloy. Um, And it's definitely amazing having another firebird on the court with me. Rebecca is also an amazing player and she brings that exact same work ethic that I bought from Kellenberg. That program at Kellenberg really instills in you that you need to earn every single point and you need to work for it. And our our coach, Coach Vaughn, really made us just amazing individuals, not just volleyball players, but individuals. And I think both of us were able to bring that to the Molloy program.
0: Following it up, you spoke about your family. Your sister, Elizabeth, played volleyball and basketball at Molloy. What's it like playing for the same program and at the same school that she played at?
4: Uh, It's definitely really cool. She was excited when uh, I decided to come here in 2019, Uh, The team looked a little different when she was here, they weren't as successful, but she loves watching the games and we talk about it all the time what it's like being here and being able to play and she has a new baby so I buy her Malloy things all the time and it comes from the both of us so it's really cool.
5: Now, you were a three-sport athlete at Kellenberg. You also played basketball and lacrosse. Talk about how those two sports helped you as a volleyball player. You know, a, little, a couple of similarities between basketball and volleyball as far as jumping, and then lacrosse with conditioning. How did those two sports help you to become the volleyball player you are now?
4: Uh, I think being a three-season athlete at Kellenberg was super important to me because it kind of kept me in shape all year round. Um, in high school, I wasn't able to play volleyball, in like a spring season, like I am here. So being able to do all three sports was really awesome. And the conditioning level of it is really what kept me in shape. But I also think I was able to become more athletic in terms of being able to play different sports. So I was able to bring another uh, aspect of athleticism to volleyball because I played basketball and lacrosse. But it also just taught me the importance of being a student athlete too. I was able to keep up like, really big time management skills throughout my entire four years at school because I was always at practice or had a game. So it just really instilled the importance of time management and focusing on school and to sport and things like that.
0: So we're going to bring it back to Malloy and this weekend. If Malloy were to repeat as ECC championships, they will have to.
4: For us to repeat as the ECC championships, we are going to have to work for every single point. We're just going to have to go out and just play volleyball is simply what it is. And just, it's either all or nothing at this point where we just need to go and play and follow our coach's game plan and just leave it all out on the court.
0: Colleen, I want to thank you for taking the time and best of luck this weekend. Thank you. Thank you once again for Jonas, Lexi, and Colleen coming on the main stage and Thank you, Ryan, for joining me. Don't forget to follow us at the mainstage pod on Instagram. And for the most latest up to date news on the Malloy Lions, follow us on our website, MolloyLions.com, and on social media at Molloy Lions. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.